I saw water pouring out from the temple. I was led through water that was ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep, then a river over my head, water to swim in. Wherever the river flows, life will flourish. The river is turning the salt sea into fresh water. The sea will teem with fish of all kinds. The trees on both banks will bear fresh fruit because the river from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for healing. Good morning. Welcome back to church, everybody. Let's welcome our campuses. What's up, guys? Good to see you. Joining us online, I'm Pastor Tim. So glad you're here. In fact, today, it's a very special day. It's not just the fall kickoff. Somebody has a special birthday. What I mean is they're literally giving birth today. Guys, today, Monmouth County is launching campus number seven. Let's hear it for Monmouth County. Go, guys. You're awesome. Pastor Chris. Judy, Leilani, the whole Monmouth team, we're so proud of them. Uh, they're kind of planting the flag at Ocean Township High School, uh, bringing Jesus down to the Jersey Shore. Who knew? That's amazing. Uh, so what I like to do is I know we have a lot of new people joining us today and, and kind of just, you know, call this out because if you're new and you like hear this liquid church you're being invited to and you're like, am I being invited to a club, uh, <laughs> a drinking fraternity, a cult? Uh, here's the deal. We named our church Liquid, um, inspired by the Bible. In uh, the Gospels of John, Jesus calls himself the living water. So we believe church should be refreshing, not dry and boring. Amen? That's what we're all about. So if you're new, we're a non-denominational Christian church. It simply means anybody can come, you know? It uh, doesn't matter your religious background, whether you're, you know, Catholic, Protestant, Jewish, uh, Jedi Knight. May the force be with you. You're welcome here, man. You're going to fit right in. We're Bible-based, Christ-centered. But um, at Liquid, we have a, a God-given vision. So this kind of directs our church. It's kind of our unique thumbprint. But our vision is to saturate the state of New Jersey with the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news. Can we say this together? Saturate the state with the gospel of you got it. And so we had six campuses in North and Central Jersey here, but we made it across the Driscoll Bridge today, plant that flag in Monmouth County. So here's the exciting part, right? We have a vision that maybe one day by God's grace, we'd have a campus in every county. So there are 21 counties. We now have seven. So guys, we're one third of the way up the mountain. That's very, very exciting. We can't wait to see what God does. So Welcome to the family, Monmouth County. Just understand, man, we, you are part of something bigger. Uh, this movement that we see here on the East Coast, and uh, we are, you, you've got brothers and sisters, 5,000 of us cheerleading for you today. So now, we timed the launch of our new campus with the launch of our new book titled Liquid Church, and the subtitle is Six Powerful Currents to Saturate Your City for Christ, and this is available today for the first time actually at your campus. It doesn't drop until Wednesday is when you kind of see it in Barnes and Noble. But we're like, we got to get it into the hands of the people who wrote it because this is your story. So I want to take just a couple minutes here just to kind of share the heart behind this, how this came about. Um, a couple years ago, Zondervan Publishers asked if I would write a, a book 
to share some of the leadership learnings that we've seen uh, God teach us over the last 12 years. Over the last um, two years, we've had a lot of churches, um, not just in New Jersey, but New York, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, coming to us and saying, hey, can you help us start a special needs ministry? Teach us what you've learned. Uh, can you help us reach millennials for Jesus? Your church, you have a young church. How's that work? And we didn't think it was like anything special, but the more we actually reflected, we realized the best things in our church didn't come out of a strategic plan. They came out of the Holy Spirit guiding us. Amen? And so we have a heart to give that away. Um, in fact, this is kind of funny because I said, was it really unique? And, uh, and they're like, it's very unique. You're in New Jersey. We didn't know there were Christians in New Jersey. <laughs> and uh, was, ironically, Outreach Magazine last week named you guys, our church, actually we're now the top 100 fastest growing and largest in the nation. So that's very, very exciting. That's awesome. You guys are changing the spiritual landscape, okay? But understand, just like if you knew, you gotta get our, we have a kingdom heart. We don't just wanna see our local church flourish, we wanna see every church thrive, amen? Of every shape and size, denomination. So we just said, hey, what if we, you know, just actually give away the secret sauce? What if we put aside like logos and egos and like just said, hey, we're all in the kingdom together at the end of the day. And so that's what this really is. This is a, a kingdom resource first to help churches and leaders and pastors saturate their city for Christ. We just want to take what we learned locally and share it nationally. But now, here's the second reason. I said to Zodimer, I said, I, I can write it, but understand the story is about our people. It, it's your story. And so that's the second uh, purpose. It's really to tell the story of our church family. It, it's a family history in some ways. I want new people to understand where we came from. Because one of my fears is that as we add new campuses and new people, you know, people walk in, they look around, they're like, whoa, you know, mega church, whatever they say. But you need to know, we didn't start that way, okay? We have very humble origins. The ministry itself started with 12 people sitting in a basement in mismatched folding chairs, okay? We were drinking stale coffee, okay, in a musty basement. Uh, we had no idea what God had in store. My wife, Colleen, and I were just teaching like a young adults class. And I think if, if God told us what he had in store, we would have tucked tail and run. You know, so he had to trick us. Like I'm the accidental pastor, we're kind of the accidental church plant. And when we started the church in 2007, just understand, it wasn't pretty. Have you ever seen our first website? All right, let me tell you something, okay? Just take a look at this thing. <laughs> Looks like Pastor Nathan's blog, you know? It's like, <laughs> it's dark, it's like heavy metal, you know? And, and we thought this was cool and it was like, enter. People are like, no thanks, <laughs> you know? Okay, you don't wanna click on that link. Uh, but it's, it's kind of, so anyway, I tell a lot in the book, behind the scenes, the good, the bad, and the downright ugly. In fact, they open up with the true story of, uh, again, back in the day, a young preacher, uh, our first year, how my preaching made two people puke in the middle of the service. That's a fact. Uh, so again, this is 10 years ago before some of you were even here, but I preached this sermon with an illustration. I was talking about this blood on the sock. You can read it in the book. And uh, literally, I thought this is very creative and everything. And literally, I'm watching a guy in the first row, and as I'm describing it, he just starts swaying like this. And then he falls out to his knees like this and goes, boom. He literally face plant passed out cold. And I'm like, must be the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, <laughs> And I just keep preaching because I'm like a young guy. And then I hear a scream in the back of the church. Ah! Another person had projectile vomited onto the row in front of them. And then someone in this section yells, call 911! 
on, they're gassing us. <laughs> Welcome to church plant, right? This is like a few months in and watch this, literally par they call the ambulance 911. Paramedics wheeled a stretcher down the center aisle and had to carry people out in the middle of the service. And I thought, well, it was a good run, you know? It's like <laughs> three months in, you know? Uh, but our church survived. More importantly, the pukers survived. In fact, one of them is still here today. But uh, guys, that's how our media ministry started. Like, that's how we first, you, you're like, like, you always use these creative illustrations and stuff and video and all that. We had no plans for that just by accident. So understand, this is our family story, guys. And as God adds, like, new people in campuses, I want them to understand where we came from. Like, our philosophy of ministry, our DNA, what makes us passionate. So understand, when you open this, you're going to see a lot of real-life stories about you. Uh, our volunteers, our dream teamers, a lot of names and faces you'll recognize in the stories here. Now, what I want to kind of call out here before we dive into Ezekiel 47 is what some of the cynics are thinking. Because it's New Jersey, everybody's cynical, right? So I know the skeptics are like, hmm, well, isn't that special? <laughs> Pastor Tim writes a book about us, but he gets the profits, right? You kind of, who is that person, by the way? I don't even know what that voice is like. It's a, it's a church lady. It's totally the church lady. And that's special. Okay, that's fine. It's a church lady. Um, well, here's the cool part. Because it's the story of our church, our family, uh, Zondervan, uh, the publisher, and Warren Bird, my co-author, who's here today, they generously agreed to give the book our, to our entire church at our author's discount because it's our story, which means I don't receive a cent from book sales at our church. So today, because you came to church, it's uh, whatever the cover is, $18.99, it's 10 bucks for our entire church. Can we thank Zondervan and Warren Bird? We're grateful for you guys. That's our heart. We just want to get in the hands of people and so that you can pass it on to encourage some other people as well. Now, the book is based on a passage I've never preached before publicly. It's based on Ezekiel chapter 47. And so today we're kicking off this special sermon series and it's a small group series. And again, you know, the cynics are like, oh, of course, now I got to buy the book to do the series. Okay, listen, lady. Uh, <laughs> you don't, secret, you don't actually have to buy the book to participate. In fact, because you came to church today, ta-da, second surprise, our groups team, our small groups team, put together a 52-page color guide, and we are giving it to everybody in church free today. That's how much we want you to be part of it. So group leaders, ushers, can you come down at all of our campuses? We're going to pass out. Take one, pass it down. You don't have to rush. It's not like just one for the family. Mom and dad, you can take one. We want every adult to have this because it includes seven weeks of message notes, the Bible study discussion that our groups are going to be going through, and then catch this, 42 days of daily devotionals that we're going to do together as a church. Go ahead, you take one and pass it down, just pass them right down the row. We want to do this really, really quick. So up here, can we get some of these guys? And um, this is so cool because um, we're like, we really want to go deeper this fall. And it's one thing for you to come on Sunday, but it's another to meet during the week with 10 or 12 other adults and dive deeper into the Bible yourself. And so there's not just group Bible study, but you'll see in here week by week, there are devotions that go Monday through Saturday. 
So like in a big group, this today, we're gonna dive into the scriptures, but then you begin devotions on Monday, you do them daily, you meet with your small group. That might be Wednesday night, it might be Thursday evening, it might be, who knows, Saturday morning. And you dive deeper together. So if you take a look at this, that's gonna be kind of where we, where we go. And I wanna put the table of contents up here on the screen just to show you kind of where we're going over the next uh, six weeks. If you see, there's a whole list, and you take this home today, take a look at uh, the curriculum, but this is the next seven Sundays. And if you're not in a small group, here's the key, you can join one today, because it's small group Sunday. And we're gonna cut the service uh, short today, a little bit early, so there's your first miracle. so that you can go out and meet the group leaders at your campus. But I was like, I want you at least, even if you don't, just to see where we're going. And uh, today's message, if you turn to week one, it's called, I Dare You to Dive Deeper. Can everyone say deeper? Deeper. It's about revival. How many of you know our nation needs revival? What, (laughs) yeah. What we're talking about here is revival is when the Holy Spirit starts flowing with fresh power through a church and does things that only God can get the credit for. Now, I'm gonna share with you Ezekiel 47, which I've saturated myself in for about a year and a half as I wrote this book with Warren, and I think it's gonna inspire some of you, hopefully set you on fire for the fall. So there's a place for you to write down your message notes you see there. On the next page, you see the small group study guide, so you can see like what we're gonna be studying. You'll notice every week, there's a special video. We actually shot videos for all seven weeks. I'll have a special guest each week. This week, we'll start with my wife, Colleen, and you'll meet some of the other folks who will share their story. And then there are six days of daily devotions. And my hope is this is going to wake you up from your summer slumber. I don't know about you, but in summer, sometimes I go on spiritual vacation a little bit, you know, take your foot off the gas a little bit and everything. But it's time, guys, to shake the sand off your flip-flops and dive deeper this fall. We're going for revival, and that is where God wakes up sleepy Christians and sets them on fire with fresh passion for Christ and for others. So if you're not in a small group this fall, you're gonna miss out. Let me challenge you today. I dare you to dive deeper. If you're not in the group, at the end of today's service, join a group in the lobby at your campus. You'll see we have groups for every age and stage of life, but that's how you go deeper in your faith. So let's dive into week one. If you wanna click your pen, We're going to go to Ezekiel chapter 47, and if you're taking notes, simply know this. Ezekiel is a prophet in the Old Testament, and he wrote this vision around the year 600 B.C., so 600 years before Jesus lived. Ezekiel got this, like, divine download. That's how it worked in the Old Testament. There were guys called prophets, and basically God gave them a vision, and then they would speak it to God's people. And so Ezekiel, this is amazing, he has this vision and an angel is leading him and says, this is what's going to happen in the future. You ready? Here we go. Let's dive in. Ezekiel says, in my vision, the man, that is the angel, brought me back to the entrance to the temple. Now what's a temple? This is the Jewish temple. It's the church in the Old Testament. And there, here's what I saw. I saw a what? A stream flowing east. Now remember that. Put that in your pocket. It flows east. A stream flowing east from beneath the door of the temple and passing to the right of the altar on its south side. So you catch what Ezekiel sees? He's looking at the church and the church is leaking water. In other words, it's a liquid church. You get it? 
And so what happens is he looks and he sees this water trickling out down the steps and it's going to the east. And he's like, what happened? Did someone leave the, the faucets running? You know, the pipes burst in the baptismal, whatever. And so it says, verse two, the man, the angel brought me outside. He's going to investigate. He brought at me outside the wall through the north gateway and led me around to the eastern entrance. And there I could see, let's read it together, the water flowing out through the south side of where? The east gateway. So this is very strange. The water's pouring out of the church now into the city to the east, which is where the pagans live. This is where the enemies of God live. This is Long Island. <laughs> and so Ezekiel's like looking at this, you know, liquid church that's leaking water. He's like, this, this is weird. And so watch this. The angel takes out a tape measure. He says, I'm going to show you something even weirder. Verse 3, it says, measuring as he went, he took me along the stream for 1,750 feet, led me across, and the water was up to where, church? My ankles. So he's wading into it. He gets up to his ankles, and it says he measured off another 1,750 feet and led me across again. And this time the water was where? Up to my knees. Woo, he's getting deeper. He's like, oh, okay. By the way, like those boots? Come on. He's up to his knees now. Now watch this. This is important. Then he measured another 1,750 feet. It was up to where? My waist. I'm not going to demonstrate that one, but just to save you there, okay? This is so interesting. Watch this. He measured another 1,750 feet, and the river was what? Too deep to walk across. It was deep enough to swim in, but too deep to walk through. So Ezekiel, he's like flowing along, and now he's like up to his neck, and he's like, I got to sink or swim or be swept away. Right? Isn't this a weird thing? This river is flowing out, and the farther it flows away from the church, the deeper it gets. So the angel pulls him up and puts him on the riverbank, and he asks me, you've been watching this, son of man? By the way, I'm just going to put down my, my, my pants here because I don't want anyone to stumble. <laughs> you've been watching this, the angel said. You see what's going on here? Then he led me back along the riverbank. When I returned, I was surprised by what I saw. He said, the sight of many trees growing on both sides of the river. And then he said to me, this river flows east through the desert into the valley of the Dead Sea. The waters of this stream will make the salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and what? Pure. So this Dead Sea now comes to life. There will be swarms of living things wherever this river flows. Fish will abound in the Dead Sea, for its waters will become fresh. And this is the key verse. I want to read it. Big, loud voice. Here we go, liquid. Life will flourish wherever this water flows. So wherever water flows, life teems. It flourishes. Fishermen, he says, will stand along the shores of the Dead Sea, all the way from Engedi to Engelium. The shores will be covered with nets drying in the sun. Fish of every kind will fill the Dead Sea just like they fill the Mediterranean. In other words, this river has a supernatural effect. Everything it touches comes to life. You guys know the Dead Sea. Those of you who are going to Israel in May, next May, you know this. You're going to see it. The Dead Sea is 10 times the salt of the ocean. And so everything in it is dead. Nothing lives. It's crusted over. But when this river hits it, it comes to life. And then it says this, but the marshes and swamps will not be purified. They will stay salty. Last verse, fruit trees of all kinds will grow along both sides of the river. 
The leaves of the trees will never turn brown and fall, and there will always be fruit on their branches. And here's what it says, last verse. There will be a new crop every month. How many months are there? Twelve. There will be 12 crops. They are watered by the river, flowing from the temple. And the fruit will be for? And the leaves for? Fruit and healing. Now, this is one of those passages in the Bible. If you read it like in your personal devotions, you're like, huh, there's a lot going on there. Sort of weird. Not sure what it means. I'll move on. But what? Don't move on. Because this is the most powerful picture in the Old Testament of the New Testament church flowing in the power of the Holy Spirit in a fresh way. You may look at this and say it's an interesting vision, and Tim, it's a beautiful river. But what does this rushing river represent? Now remember what Jesus promised in John chapter 7? It was the last day of the feast where Israel would pray for rain for the crops. And Jesus said, you know what? He stood up on the stairs of the temple. He said, Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. What's he talking about? Jesus tells you. By this, he meant the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. In other words, this river has a supernatural source. It is the Holy Spirit flowing out of the liquid church. It goes deeper and deeper until suddenly it saturates everything in its path. Notice something about this. The farther it flows from the church, the deeper it gets. In other words, it's a church that doesn't live for itself. It's a church that lives for those who aren't here. It flows from the inside out. To which direction, church, do you remember? East. In the Middle East, at the time of the writing in this Old Testament, the enemies of God were thought to live in the East. This is where the total hardcore pagans live. It's like Secaucus. This is... I'm just kidding. I know. So, oh, hey, 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 whoa. <laughs> Bada bing. All right. This, this is weird because if you know anything about rivers, you know where they're usually deepest? At the headwaters, at the source. Like you don't have it. Oh, it's a tiny trickle and it just keeps growing and growing and growing bigger. That doesn't happen in nature. It actually is deepest at the source. But this river is the reverse. The farther it flows, the deeper it grows. Can we say that together? The farther it flows, the deeper it grows. How many of you know Jesus is always calling his disciples to go deeper? He told his disciples who were fishermen, you haven't caught anything all night. You want a miracle? Push out deeper and let your nets down for a catch. See, there's status quo Christianity where you settle for where you are, and then there are Christians who the Holy Spirit works up a hunger. I want to go deeper. And so Ezekiel says, I want, to, I want to get saturated. And you notice he takes three steps. Notice there are three degrees of saturation if you're taking notes. The first he walks in, he's up to his what? Then he walks, takes another step, and he's up to his knees. Then he takes a third step, and what? He's up to his waist. Three degrees of saturation. Ankles, knees, waist. Until finally, he's, the water's like almost up to his neck, over his head, and he cries out, it was deep enough to swim in, but too deep to walk through. In other words, what started in the church as a tiny trickle, as it left the church, became deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper until it's this raging river 
of the Holy Spirit. It's a river of revival that's gushing and raging and roaring out of the church into the city to the enemies of God. This is a picture of revival. It is a river of revival. Can you say that word? Revival. Revival. Revival is when the Holy Spirit wakes up dead Christians. Revival is what happens when people are convicted about the truth of God and who the holiness of God, and they get this new fire in them, and it just like it kind of flows out. That's the temple in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, there's no temple. Who's the temple? You, us, the church, the people. We're the temple of God. And God says, in the last days, my spirit's gonna flow out of my people and saturate a spiritually dry and godless region. It's going to bring it back to life. You understand why I'm excited about this? Ezekiel 47, guys, is a prophetic vision of the New Testament church flowing in the fresh power of the Holy Spirit. And look what happens when this, this is amazing. The angel says, you see, look, stand on the riverbank. You see what it produces? First one, he says, it produces new life out of dead places. What's dry or dead in your world that needs the Holy Spirit? It says the waters of the stream will make the salt waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure and life will flourish wherever this holy water flows. It's amazing to me. In the Dead Sea, it's hypersalinated and when you look at it, it's dirty and kind of brackish. (laughs) Reminds me of New Jersey a little bit. (laughs) And it says when this water flows down out of the temple and hits the Dead Sea that's lifeless, it heals the waters. They come alive, and there's fish, and there's trees, and there's fruit. You understand something. There's like surface-level Christianity, and then there's a deeper level of Christianity. The the surface-level Christianity would say, did you pray a prayer to make sure Jesus forgave your sins? That is the entrance to the river, salvation. But understand, I see bumper stickers like this, and they say things like this. Um, I saw this one. It said, Christians aren't perfect, just forgiven. And that's true. Praise God, we are forgiven. But understand, Christianity is not just sinful people being forgiven. It's dead people being brought back to life. It's coming alive to change your world. You understand this? And when that happens, fruit is the natural byproduct of this. It says fruit trees of all kinds will grow along both sides of the river. There'll be a new crop every month for they're watered by the river flowing from the temple. In other words, a revival naturally produces spiritual fruit. There's a bumper crop of new Christians. Historically in revivals, the 17s and 1800s, you'd have hundreds of people at a time. A wave of new believers are swept into the church. Why? Because a liquid church is not led by men, it's led by the Holy Spirit. And it doesn't care what the culture says, it boldly preaches Jesus and the truth of God, and it results in new salvations and conviction. So guys, we got a glimpse of this. We got a, oh, I feel it. I feel it. You feel it? We got a glimpse of this at our beach baptism, uh, actually in the spring. Guys, we've now baptized over 2,400 people. Almost half our congregation has been baptized. In New Jersey, that's revival. I'm like, look, there's Snooky, you know, right there. Just like, well, but at the previous service, she goes, I'm best friends with Snooky. I texted her in the service. She's going to come. So get ready for this. Okay, I know, right? Hey, God can do anything. All right, third thing. <laughs> Life, fruit, what's the third result? It's healing. The fruit will be for food, and the leaves for what, church? Whenever the Holy Spirit 
flows in a fresh way through the church. It brings healing to broken places, to broken lives, to broken families, broken marriages, broken dreams. I've asked you what's dry in your world that needs revival, what's broken in your world that needs healing. The leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. I mean, when you look at this, if this was, was what to describe your church, life, fruit, healing, isn't that the church at its best? Guys, this is the dream of Jesus for his church. I mean, if a church flowed with this kind of power where everything around it was transformed because the love and grace of God was touching it, who could resist it? As the Holy Spirit flows out, thirsty people flow in. Now, in the book, I define spiritually thirsty people this way. And there's a lot of research in the book that you can apply nationally. But in our region, Northeast, I think spiritually thirsty people are people who have given up on church, but they haven't given up on God. You know, East Coast, they say, well, you know, it's kind of post-Christian, it's like dry. Historically, revivals and awakenings have actually bubbled up here. Did you know that? In Basking Ridge and New Providence, the, the first and second great awakening, those revival wells, though, have run dry. They're plugged up especially with the next generation. I, I talk a lot about millennials and Gen Z and the rise of the religious nuns. That's N-O-N-E-S, people who say none of the above. I'm not, I'm not Catholic, I'm not evangelical, I'm not Jewish, I'm, I'm none of the above. I want nothing to do with organized religion. And understand, like people say, these are dark days for the church because the nuns are, they're taking over, man. They're, the, the millennials are leaving the church in droves. They're actually 23% of the U.S. population, so that's more than Catholics and evangelicals now. First time in history. But understand something. I think millennials may be more, not, they're not nuns, they're duns. They're done with traditional church, but they're thirsty for God. They're thirsty for Jesus. They're thirsty for something life-giving and authentic and not dry and sit up, stand, go through the motions, religiosity. They want a faith that applies to the broken parts of their lives. I tell the story about um, Vanessa and Tammy, two early visitors to our church, and this is when we first launched in a hotel ballroom. We were on the second floor, and there was a bar, a hotel bar on the first floor. A lot of people hear that, and they're like, now I see why you called it liquid. <laughs> Got it. But here's what would happen on Sunday, right? We'd have a worship service upstairs, and so our band is playing, you know, kind of upstairs, and I would stand at the bottom of the stairs, welcoming people as they came to church. Well, on Sundays in the fall, you know this from New Jersey, what's happening at the hotel bar? Football. Football, woo! So go Big Blue, all right. So they're all there, all the Big Blue fans, and they're pre-gaming, they're drinking, they're ordering nachos, all this stuff. And these two girls are sitting there at the bar, and they order margaritas. So they got these, and they had these like party glasses, you know, like the big kind, they look like a soup bowl kind of. And they've got like a pink umbrella and a swirly straw, you know, and they're drinking, you know, at the bar. And I overhear them say the bartender, ooh, what's that music upstairs? And the bartender's like, oh, that's liquid. And they're like, ooh, is it a club? <laughs> and then praise God for one of you. One of our early volunteers just interjects them. So they said, you know what? Come and check it out. And they leads them upstairs. And they, they go walking upstairs with their margaritas <laughs> and their little pink umbrella and their swirly straw. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. Okay. So they go into the service, and it's dark. And our worship team is up here playing. And, and I, I assume they're staying in the back, and it kind of feels like a concert or something to them. And so they're standing at the door, sipping their margaritas, 
in the sanctuary as people enter with their Bibles, you know, and all that stuff, and like, you know, and they're like, okay, here we go. And, uh, and I'm just kind of watching how this whole thing plays out. And sure enough, right after the worship, one of our pastors gets up and starts praying. He's like, Lord, we're just so grateful to be in your house today. And I look at their face and they're like, holy, their eyes go wide. And I'm like, quick, close the doors, slam the door. <laughs> we got them, you know, because it's like church plant. You need as many people, just warm bodies, you know. And, uh, and, and, and we went over and I said, hey, just seriously. They were like, this is a church. They are like, this is a church, but it's called Liquid, Liquid Church. You're welcome here. Like, we have no judgment. We're just, if you're kicking the tires, they're like, you sure? We feel? We're like, sit down, sit down. So they sit in the back. And they stay through the opening. They stay through the message. I'm sort of watching this, and I praise God. One of our hospitality team members goes over, and they're like, are you comfortable? They're like, yes. We're like, can we get you anything? And they're like, maybe just, we're like, no, we're not going to do it. <laughs> not going to refill your drink, okay? They stayed for 90 minutes listening to a message from the Bible on God's design for godly relationships and sex and marriage. And they had never heard anything like it before. They stayed for the whole thing. And I won't forget this because I sit at the bottom of the stairs when people are coming out and just shaking hands and stuff, and I see them coming down. I'm like, oh, and they got their margarita glasses. <laughs> They're empty, you know. <laughs> Great sermon. And uh, I'm shaking hands, and the one girl, Vanessa, comes up. And she goes, this was an amazing mass, Father. <laughs> and I was like, bless you, my child. You know, it's kind of <laughs> that's New Jersey, right? And she goes, it especially hit her, and the other girl starts sobbing. She goes, I just had the most horrific breakup of my life with my ex, and my heart is in shambles, and honestly, we came here today just to get away and escape. And Guys, do you understand? There are spiritually thirsty people all around you. There are nine million people packed into this dense little state we call home, and they're desperate for grace. They're dying for truth. And those girls came back. They said, we'll be back, Father. I said, it's awesome. Margaritas and mass, baby. Liquid church. Guys, that's how our church started. And understand, if you're scandalized by that, then you don't get Ezekiel 47. The Holy Spirit flows out of the church to lost and dying people. People who are desperate for a drink of God's love and grace. So here's the challenge of this series. How do we apply it to ourselves? The challenge is for you to identify three thirsty friends in your world who don't know Jesus yet. They are far from God, but watch this. The Holy Spirit wants to flow through you to bring them the living water. I want you to turn to page five in your group's guide because we gave you room in here to write their names down and I want you to pray about it this week. Who are those people that God has sovereignly put in your path? It may be at Zumba class. It may be at, you know, the coffee shop. It may be at work. It may be when you go to the gym, whatever that is, okay? But we want you to be praying this week because this is a small group series about personal evangelism. And evangelism isn't like some weird thing where you walk up to people, hand them a tract, and they're like, you know, if you were to die right now, you know, what... Have you had that? The first rule of evangelism, don't be weird. <laughs> Spirit-led evangelism should flow naturally. It's just building a bridge from your heart to their heart so that Jesus can walk across it. Does that make sense? 
and God has sovereignly placed people in your path who they're never gonna come to church. The only Bible they're gonna read is you. Your life and sharing your faith will require you to dive deeper, like Ezekiel. Deeper in the Holy Spirit, deeper in community, small groups, and deeper devotionally. And so we're gonna spend the next seven weeks, guys, going deeper into God's word. Let me show you these six currents that form our river of revival here at Liquid, L-I-Q-U-I-D. If you look at next week, we're gonna talk about Jesus, how Jesus loved the overlooked. Jesus always started at the margins. You know, Jesus didn't just like go into the temple and start with the church people. He started with the least, the last, and the lost, the people who people overlooked. And one of the things we have seen God do in our church that is like supernatural, defies explanation, is our ministry to those with special needs, to children and adults. Can we hear it for all of our special needs buddies, leaders? This is incredible. Guys, we serve now more families than any other church on the East Coast, and, and we want to talk a little bit about how the Holy Spirit did that, started that ministry, because it wasn't part of a strategic plan. It was something that God planted in the heart of one woman, Susie Sorez, for her son Ethan and his special needs, and she said, we can do better than just babysitting, because these kids have a God-given soul and a capacity to know Jesus, and we've got to go deeper, and we've got to learn how to speak the language of their hearts and minds so that makes sense, and, and, and I, we believe actually Jesus in some mysterious way, is present through them because those who are poor, Jesus says, I'm with you. When you serve them, you serve me. And so, guys, we serve thousands of families now every Sunday. It's just incredible, lovingly overlooked. I is ignite the imagination. The second week, we're going to actually teach you kind of what I do a little bit on Sunday because most people are like, well, Tim, you're the evangelist. You tell people about Jesus. No, we're going to train you. I'm going to give you my secrets about how you can share your testimony. What's a testimony? If you turn to page 20, you'll see. A testimony is this fancy words for your God story. Everybody has one. And you don't have to be like an expert evangelist or preacher to share it in three minutes. So we're going to actually train you in your small group to write out your testimony. What was your life like before Christ? How did you actually meet Jesus? Not religion, how'd you get religious, but how did you start a relationship with God and what's changed since then? And then we're gonna begin praying for those three thirsty people that God will open up a door where their living water flows through you to them. Q is the week where we talk about quenching their thirst. Um, your small group has a part to play in bringing safe drinking water to Rwanda. You know that's our church's passion, locally for thirsty people, but then literally on a global scale. And mark your calendar, you'll see there on Saturday, October 19th, we are hosting a Run for Rwanda 5K to benefit families and thirsty kids who lack access to clean drinking water. And we want your whole small group to participate, guys. It's gonna be in Parsippany on Saturday. And those of you who are like runners, like it's a timed race and all that, not built for speed, all right? So like, I, you know, and so you can walk, you can stroll. I'm gonna like power walk, you know, kind of like do the whole thing. But this is something, guys, it's important for us we proclaim the gospel in word and deed. You will have coworkers who are like, I ain't coming to your church, but I'll run that 5K. Because giving clean water to poor kids, that's a good thing. And we're like, it's a God thing, but we'll take you at your good thing. And then they get to rub shoulders with you and be introduced to the living water of Christ. You is unite the generations, put a star next to it. On this week, we're celebrating the sixth anniversary of our miracle at Mountainside. And um, this is incredible. Can we hear it for Mountainside and Garwood? Two of our rebirths. Every year, talk about this in the book. Every year now, 3,500 churches close their doors for good. In America, like literally 10 a day, close their doors for good. 
because the well has run dry and the baton has not gotten past the next generation. And what we've learned about partnering builders and boomers with millennials and Gen Z together, God can do something that borders on revival. When Mountainside was about to close with 27 seniors, they passed the baton. They said, we want to rebirth. We want to resurrect this church. We want to see a dead thing come back to life. And when we launched, there were over 1,000 people on opening day. It became the fastest growing campus in our church's history. Well, guys, we are sitting on some wells of revival here on the East Coast, and we believe it's time to redig the wells for a new generation. Amen? So we're going to take you on a field trip to some of the wells of revival in New Jersey and the region. Uh, I is inspire generosity, and I'll just read the challenge here. It says, we're giving away our Sunday offering today. Is that true, Dave? Is that, is that, does he know about that? <laughs> Seriously, we are using this Sunday's offering in a special way to bless our cities where we have a campus. How? Shh, it's a surprise. Guys, this is going to be one of those Sundays like don't miss because what we give is going to be given away and it's going to people who can't possibly pay us back. That's our calling card as Christians. We don't exist for ourselves. We exist to flow out of the church and saturate the cities where we have a campus. Amen? Last one, D, L-I-Q-U-I-D, is develop untapped talent. In this small group session, you're going to take a spiritual gifts assessment. And we're going we're gonna to say, because each one of you has a gift. You have a talent. You have a God-given ability that God has divinely enabled you to use. And if you're not, we want to activate that gift in you. If you're already serving, watch this. There's a next level for you. I'm going to tell you about Elizabeth Chang, who's our an associate pastor at our Essex County campus. Uh, Elizabeth is a high-powered corporate attorney during the week. She actually work, works on Wall Street. And she's like, but that's not what I live to do. That's how I make a living, but this is what I live for. Monday through Friday, she serves as a lawyer. On weekends, she's one of our volunteer associate pastors. She oversees marriage mentoring, prayer ministry. She officiates weddings. She visits people in the hospital. There is another level for you to go deeper in your leadership in this church. So these are the six currents. Look at them in the table of contents, L-I-Q-U-I-D. These are the six supernatural currents that form our raging river at Liquid. It's our unique DNA as a church. This is the heart of our house. This is what we see the Holy Spirit doing over the last 12 years. But in our small groups, it's personal application. Revival doesn't start out there. Guess where it starts? In here. I'm praying for God to start revival in me. I don't want to be content with what God's done in the past. I want to be grateful for it. But I want to say, God, what do you want to do freshly? What do you, I want to spend my, I want to set myself on fire and then preach the you know, funeral and get in the coffin, close the box. Last slide. That's how I want to spend my life. And that's what revival feels like. It's when you bring life and fruit and healing to the lives of thirsty friends all around you. Guys, when I say three thirsty friends, I want you to pray this week. If you meet in your small groups, I want you to start talking about that. Who are those three people? Think about them, this. If 5,000 of us brought living water to three thirsty people, guys, that's 15,000 people. You think we'd see revival across our region? we would go deeper and there would be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that I pray would spread across the state, the eastern seaboard, and the nation. Amen? So if you're ready for revival, you're ready to dive deeper today, here's your closing steps. I want to give you three next steps to take, just like Ezekiel. The first step, if you want to go up to your ankles, is simply to come to church every Sunday this fall. Congratulations, you already did it. Give yourselves a hand. Come on, that's awesome. You're here. You did it. You're like, I'm going in the water. Awesome, but now watch, there's a level deeper. He didn't just stay at his ankles. 
He went up to his knees, and that's what you've got to do by joining a small group. This is the number one way for you to grow deeper in Christ. It's in community. Small groups are how we make a big church feel small. If you're new, it's where 10 or 12 people in your area where you live, of your stage or age of life, meet together and they open the Bible. They go deeper into the Sunday content. We eat a lot. <laughs> we care for each other. We pray for each other. Now, let me tell you the difference between coming on Sunday and getting in a small group, between staying at an ankle level and going deeper to your knees. It's like the difference between snorkeling and scuba diving. Have you ever been snorkeling? Uh, when my kids were little, if we went somewhere, you know, I, I'd take them snorkeling, and they love that because, you know, with snorkeling, you just get like, you know, fins and a, a mask, and you basically float on the surface, right? And our kids like this because I'm like, guys, there's a whole other world down there, you know? And we'd float on the top, and we'd hold hands, and they liked snorkeling when they were little because it, typically it's where it's shallow, right? You look down, and you see the coral, and you're like, oh, look, there's Dory, there's Nemo, you know, kind of thing. But you'd stay there, and they, and they got scared. They could just stand up. Okay, we're just snorkeling. It's shallow. But watch this. They are now teenagers. <laughs> and so a couple years ago in Mexico, my son was like, I don't want to go snorkeling. And I was like, why not? Snorkeling's fun. He goes, snorkeling's lame. I want to go scuba diving. And I'm like, scuba, scuba diving? And they had like lessons for like 15 bucks. So I was like, all right, that's cool. And so we go to scuba diving. Has anybody here ever been scuba diving? Hello, terrifying. <laughs> you put on this regulator. You're like Darth Vader. You put on uh, uh, these air tanks that weigh you down. And then I was like, I was like, I'm not really sinking. They're like, well, you're a little buoyant. And so they, <laughs> so they gave me a vest and they start putting lead weights in it. I'm like, wait, 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 what are we, what are we doing? And I just started <laughs> floating down all of a sudden I'm at the bottom. And then it's like, there's a stingray right here. And my son is like, awesome. <laughs> because now we're where the big boys play. Now we get to see it. we're diving deeper and getting close up. And guys, it's like a whole nother world down there. It, it, once you go scuba diving, you're like, I'm not going to snorkeling again. Guys, that's the difference between just coming on Sunday and hearing the word and taking a step deeper into community and becoming doers of the word. If you come on Sunday, you will, be, you will benefit, there's no doubt. You will get a good overview of God's word and his truth, but it'll be at a surface level. If you want to go deeper, you got to get in a small group because that's where the scuba divers live. You put on the air tank, you dive deeper into the Bible yourself, you discuss it with others, you pray for each other. So if you're a spiritual snorkeler today, I just want to challenge you. For six weeks, try scuba diving, okay? In fact, at every campus right now, I want to call forward our scuba instructors. These are our small group leaders for the fall. Would you give them a hand? Come on down, guys. These guys are on the front lines of ministry. We're so grateful for them. Come on, hold up your signs. And notice at all of our campuses, come on in, fill right on in, guys. They've got signs that show every age and stage and season of life, and they're all over the place here. Uh, look here at Jimmy here. He's got in all ages and stages where? Sparta, New Jersey. Wednesday night with this man and his wife. Do you, are you living in two groups, bro? Yeah. Look at this, men's group. If you want to throw hatchets and axes and start fires. Yeah! <laughs> awesome, okay? Real men join small groups. We've got them every age and stave. We've got college groups where young adults who are in school together, stuff for seniors. If you're married with kids, if you're like married, want to get away from my kids, we have groups 
for every season of life, and they're different days and times of the week. So when you leave here in about two minutes, we want you to go outside and meet the small group leaders at your campus. Kick the tires. Find, look, they don't bite. Jimmy might bite a little bit, but most of them, <laughs> but they literally, guys, these are our frontline ministers. These are the shepherds of this flock, guys. Can we thank them for their leadership? We are so grateful for all of you at all of our campuses. This is fellowship. This is how we do community. Now, we have over 275 small groups launching this fall, so there's plenty of open seats for everybody. But now listen, you're like ankles, knees, there's one missing. What's the next level? Waste. You have to spend time with God one-on-one -on -one every day, guys, if you grow deeper in Christ. And that's why I want to encourage you to do the daily devotions in this guide. This was a labor of love, guys, 42 days of daily devotionals. But there's something that happens, I think, in the spiritual realm when a church is saturating itself in Scripture, when it's meeting and caring for each other in community, and when it's worshiping God in a fresh way. We're coming out with fresh original worship music this fall too, so there's a lot like happening. But guys, this is the best way if you're like, I am stagnant. Tim, there was a verse in there that said the swamps and the marshes will remain salty. You know what that is? It's a picture of status quo Christianity. It's saying, I got saved, and that's where it stopped. You start going through the motions and coming to church. If you want to go deeper in the Holy Spirit, there's another level. Guys, you know what a swamp is. Think of the Meadowlands. Don't be a Meadowlands Christian. <laughs> you want to dive out where it's deep. So, small group leaders, I'm going to send you guys out now, and we're going to pray for you as you go. Would you thank them one more time? We're grateful for them. It's going to be a great, great season. And I just want to share, guys, what I see God doing. Like, this isn't just hype. I just want to tell you, like, my heart. What I see God, I, I believe that God is getting our region ready for revival. You know why? Because the culture is getting darker by the day. And it means the light of the church needs to shine brighter by the hour. Guys, we need, we don't just need better church. We need a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Amen? To saturate our families, to saturate our, our marriages, our parenting, to saturate our our church, our campus, our state, our nation. And so my hope is you're like, I'm in, Tim. I'll dive in. This fall, I'm going to empty out my calendar, empty out my heart so God can start the revival in here. And Jesus wants to live his life through you. Think about that. In the Old Testament, God dwelt in the temple. In the New Testament, God dwells in you. He says, I want to flow out to thirsty people. So let's do this. Raise your hands right now, and we're going to Ask the Holy Spirit to anoint our small group leaders and do something special in our church this fall. Father, thank you for the prophecy of Ezekiel 47. You said when your word goes out, it will never return void, but will accomplish the purpose for which you sent it. Father, I pray now in the name of the Holy Spirit that you will pour out a spirit of revival on our group leaders, on every man and woman, a holy discontent that we are not satisfied staying in the shallows. We want to go deeper in Christ. We want to have a transformational impact on our city where we have campus. We want to see our state, Father, revived and resuscitated. You can do it, God. Do it again, Father God. And I pray all the glory would go to our Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's his name we pray. Everyone said together.